<laughs> All right, well, good morning, and if you're just uh, joining in uh, now, uh, I'm uh, Pastor Andrew Bauer, pastor of the church here at Evangel in Bathurst, and uh, many of you watching our live stream today are a regular part of our Evangel family, and you've been tracking with us over the last number of weeks as we've been journeying through a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Others of you may be joining with us today for the first time or maybe for the first time in a while. We're glad you're with us. It has been a crazy week and it's looking like things are uh, maybe a while yet before things get kind of back to normal, whatever normal is. And uh, even though we're continuing with our series today, I really believe that the things that we're going to be talking about are timely and appropriate. To uh, Only God could have arranged uh, that this message today would fall on this Sunday when we're finding our lives in the kind of chaos that we are. Have you had moments of fear this week? You wondered what's going on and wondered if you would ever truly get back to normal? Have you felt like you were being shaken by all of this? Well, you're not alone. We've all felt some degree of this uh, over the last week. God has a message of hope for you today. He is the God of hope, it says in Romans 15, verse 13. That means He doesn't just visit hope. He doesn't just own hope, but He is hope. The fact that He exists and that He has a plan means that no matter how difficult or bleak it may look on the surface right now, God is at work doing good things and we can trust Him. A couple of background things I want to say again this morning to give some context for those of you who are joining us this week on week 7 of our series. As we talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, It doesn't say the fruits, plural, of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. That's because it's not a buffet that you can choose from. I like Kung Pao chicken. I'm not so fussy about tofu stir-fry. True story. So, So when I go to a Chinese buffet, I choose the things I want. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, we can't say, "Mm, I like gentleness. I think I'll have me some peace. But that that self-control, blech, I don't like that. We We can't pick and choose which one we want. But in fact, the fruit of the the aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that you find most repulsive is probably the one that you need to strengthen and grow in the most. And you are not mature in Christ until you're growing in all of them. The other thing is that, that we have said over and over is um, that these things are not things that just grow naturally or automatically in our lives, but we actually need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work in us to strengthen them. We are growing in love when we'd rather do the opposite, but we choose to love. 
We are growing in peace when our world is in chaos, but we choose to embrace the peace of God in our hearts. We are growing in patience when somebody cuts us off or grabs the last roll of toilet paper in front of us. And instead of doing what we want to do or we feel like doing, we give them the right of way and we pray for them. And so on. So today, as we're looking at the last, the seventh, not the last, the seventh aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. In Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law well we want to start as we have with uh with all of these from from god's faithfulness because the things that are the fruit of the spirit are the character traits of christ that grow in us and and god is the source of our love he's the source of our peace our patience our all those things. He's the source of our faithfulness. We love because He first loved us. We are faithful because He is a faithful God. So when everything is going great in our lives, God's faithfulness is there. The sun comes up every morning. There's oxygen to breathe every morning. The seasons come and go. God provides and we have what we need, but we're somewhat oblivious in those times when things are going well to the magnitude of God's faithfulness. But when things are stormy, that's when we know we need an anchor. That's when we become acutely aware of our need to have a safe refuge, a solid rock that we can depend on. This last week, things have gotten progressively more serious with every passing day, with every press conference from the national and provincial governments. And all politics aside, I think both levels of government are doing a great job so far under a great deal of pressure to give steady-handed steady leadership to us. But our confidence and our hope are not in our government. They are not our refuge. As much as your family loves you and cares for you, they're struggling too. It would be like one man overboard throwing a, a life preserver to another man overboard. It doesn't really help much. Your family are not your refuge. And even as much as our church is doing everything that we can to, to, to help, to, to keep you connected, um, to, to, to be a, a, a strength to you in this season, we are not your refuge. Our God is our refuge. He is 100% faithful. And that means you can anchor to Him and you can count on Him today. Great is Thy faithfulness, 
O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be. God is always faithful. God's faithfulness is, I'm going to throw out a million dollar word here, is covenant faithfulness. It's covenant faithfulness. God is faithful because of His covenant with His people. If covenant is an unfamiliar word to you, want to help you this morning. Covenant is something like a contract, yet very, very different. A covenant is birthed out of a deep relationship, not just a legal agreement. A covenant is a promise to be true to your word in relationship no matter what. God is faithful to us, not because we are faithful to Him, but because His word and His promise is His bond because His character is faithfulness because He cannot deny who He is. He is a promise-keeping God. Because of God's covenant with you, no matter what happens to you in all of this craziness, He will take care of you. If you if, If you lose your job, He will provide for you. If you get sick, He is your healer. And even if you die, there is only blessing and hope on the other side of that. It doesn't matter what happens to you because God is the weaver of your story. And no matter what twist it takes, I want you to know this morning, you have His promise that the end is good. I want to look at a a few scriptures that talk about the faithfulness of God in the Old Testament. The first one is Exodus chapter 34, verse 5. Exodus 34, verse 5. This quick context on this. This is after um, the the people of God had been unfaithful when Moses was up on, uh, on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments from God and the people were down below for 40 days and they, they gave up on Moses and they started worshiping a golden calf. They were unfaithful to God in the very moment that God was establishing His covenant with His people. It can't get worse than that. And yet God, um, uh, Moses intercedes for the people and God chooses to, to continue to love, continue to extend his covenant to his people. And, and in that moment, Moses cries out to God and he wants God to, to reveal his glory. Moses cries out and he says, God, show me your glory. He knows the road is going to be challenging ahead of him. And he needs a, a, a revelation of the glory of God. And, and here's what happens. In Exodus 34, verse 5, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord, Yahweh, the I Am. Proclaimed his name. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming. 
Here's God revealing His glory to Moses. And as He does, He he declares who He is. And He says, He says, Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. At the core of who God is, at the core of His glory, the core of the greatest manifestation before, before Jesus came on the earth, the greatest manifestation that we saw of God's glory uh, through, in and through the life of Moses here, um, God declares at the core of His being is faithfulness. Powerful. Psalm 36, verses 5 and 6 says, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. God's faithfulness is unending, is really what that is saying. There's no measure to it. Psalm 25, verse 1. Lord, I I love this. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Folks, this right now did not take God by surprise. He planned things long ago and those things are still in place. Those plans are still in place. God is still at work. And His faithfulness will carry us through this. And His faithfulness will strengthen us through this. The things planned long ago will be carried out in God's time and in His way. He is faithful. Lamentations 3, 19-24. I don't know if you've spent much time in Lamentations. It's kind of depressing, actually. The entire book is a lament. It's a wail, uh, not wail the fish-ish thing, but, but it's a wail, a cry from the heart saying how terrible life is. I, I wouldn't recommend it as your regular go-to, but, but the entire, all five chapters of Lamentations are this cry from the depths of, of how hard it is. It was written during the time of Israel's exile uh, away from their land and they're crying out to God. But right in the middle, the exact middle of Lamentations, the writer intentionally puts this hub right in the center of this lamentation that goes out. And, And this is powerful. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and gall. I remember them well And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. In the midst of of the, the, the darkest, deepest time of Israel's history, this is the, the center pin of their reason to hope is that God is faithful. Oh, 
That was Lamentations 3, verses 19 to 24. Faithful in our relationship with God. If God is faithful in His covenant relationship to us, to you, if God is faithful in His covenant relationship to you, it begs the question, how is your covenant faithfulness to God? Marriage is an example of a human covenant relationship. If we could point to one example in human society that that would be an example to help us understand covenant it would be marriage and marriage the way it was intended not marriage as our society often sees it today as a contract that's easily broken but marriage as a lifelong promise till death do us part marriage is an example of a human covenant relationship. And faithful is a word that we use when we talk about marriage. In fact, in the New Testament, it uses that word speaking of marriage and says uh, there are a number of places where it speaks of husbands being faithful to their wives and wives being faithful to their husbands. But we even use that language today, don't we? When we talk about someone um, committing adultery, we say that they were unfaithful to their marriage relationship. Our relationship with God in Scripture is often paralleled with marriage. Over and over in Scripture. We, we don't have time to dig into it today, but, but it can be found all, all over the place in, in Scripture, Old and New Testaments, where God compares our relationship to Him and His to us like a marriage relationship. Sin is called adultery. James chapter 4 is one example where it says, you adulterous people, do you not realize that, that sin is idolatry towards God? And uh, uh, so, so I want to say this morning that, that God is not just like a referee looking for obedience to rules but he is like a lover looking for faithfulness to a relationship. I'm going to say that again. God is not just like a referee looking to enforce rules or for obedience to rules, but he is like a lover looking for faithfulness to a relationship. And of course, if if we are being faithful to him, we will do as he desires. And it makes breaking our covenant relationship with God far, a far deeper betrayal than just breaking some rules. You know, when we see God as a, as a, a referee enforcing the rules, well, it's like, you know, if, if you go offside while somebody blows a whistle, you just, you know, whatever and no biggie, right? But, but when we understand that when we, are, uh, when we betray our relationship with God, it is a betrayal of a love covenant relationship. It will help us to, to keep our hearts where our hearts belong. Honoring Him, loving Him, living for Him. In Revelation 14 verse 12, it speaks of those who resist the pressure. This is 
kind of a weird context, but, but it speaks of those who resist the pressure to worship the Antichrist in the, in the very last days. And it says this, This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep His commands and remain faithful to Jesus. If we have trouble keeping faithful to Jesus in everyday life, how will we ever remain faithful to Him when real trouble comes? Second Timothy 2, verses 11 to 13. This is, a, this is a, um, it's actually a, people who study the, the New Testament believe this was an early hymn or, or song of worship. Um, it says, here is a trustworthy saying. And then the, the, the hymn or, or song of worship starts. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God's faithfulness doesn't flow out of our faithfulness or lack of faithfulness, but because he cannot deny himself, he will always remain faithful to the covenant he has with us through Christ. Powerful. All right, good and faithful servant. I'm going to read a few verses from Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 51. All right. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time of, the, of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and he would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. In other words, the steward that looks after, the, the manager that looks after the other employees. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose a servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he, does not, he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I know some of you watching today want me to say that this, all that we've experienced over the last couple weeks, is the end times playing out. You want me to quote scripture verses to say, this is it, folks. It's here. But I'm not going to do that because I don't believe it is. I think it may be the beginning of birth pangs. I believe we're inching closer. I believe it may be pointing us to a season that is coming. But folks, don't be deceived when the Antichrist is re- revealed, this is going to feel like child's play. 
This is a test. This is an opportunity to ask some important questions about are you ready if this were the end? Is Jesus your Lord or are you playing spiritual games? If you're listening today and you're scared and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, your friend, and your Master, I want you to know today that it's not too late. And the best time to turn your heart over to Him is right now. Don't waste another moment wondering. If you have questions, email me, call me, let's chat about it. I want to help you discover the peace and the hope that comes from trusting your life to Jesus. You don't need to be fearful of the future. As the old saying goes, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. When your trust is in Him, you can be unshakable. But this passage that we just read from Matthew 24 says that, that those of you who profess to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you will want to find, you will want Him to find you living as a faithful steward of the things and the opportunities He had, has blessed you with. He goes on after this passage to tell three stories. One of the, the five wise and five foolish virgins. One of the three servants and the talents of gold. Five talents, two talents, and one. And the third about separating the sheep and the goats. All of those stories in, in Matthew chapter 25. You can look them up later, but the gist is that it will not be good for the person who claims to be a follower of Jesus to be found unfaithful to him when he returns. Like the boss finding you sleeping on the job or catching you with the hand, your hand in the till, it will not go well. Rather, every true follower of Jesus wants to hear the words that we find in Matthew chapter 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. To be faithful means to keep going, keep serving, keep loving, even when it's difficult, even when it costs, even when it doesn't make sense. It is being a promise keeper like God is a promise keeper. It is being a person who sees their commitment through to the end no matter what. Faithfulness will open a door for kingdom advancement. When God sees that you are faithful with little, he will trust you with much. I have always said that I, when I'm looking for leaders in the church, I'm looking for fat people. F-A-T. Faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. Faithfulness will open doors for advancement in the kingdom. And lastly, this morning, I want to talk about faithfulness to our brothers and sisters. Faithfulness in the body of Christ. Because God is faithful to us 
Because we are called to live faithful to Him. Because we are called to live out our faith by being faithful in serving in the world around us. We also ought to be the kind of people who are faithful in relationship to one another. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You will know who your true friends are when things in your life get difficult and messy. Whether it's a time like this that we're in, or whether it's something in your life that blows up, Those who are not faithful friends will be gone in a moment. But those who are true friends, those who are faithful in their relationship and their kindness to you, they will will press in closer. They will lean in closer. They will be there for you in that season. The question is, will you be the kind of friend who will be faithful to others even when things blow up, even when things are hard? What promises do you need to keep even though now it's going to cost you, even though now it will be difficult? Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It is better to have someone who loves you enough to speak truth into your life and to challenge you on something than to have a bunch of people around you that just tell you how, how great you are and, and, uh, and behind your back say something else. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When we love one another enough to speak truth to each other, I think that shows our faithfulness. Third John, verse 5. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. You know what? It's amazing when you go to other countries third world countries or whatever, and, and, and you have, um, you know, go to minister, you go to serve, go to do whatever. And, and I found so many times that there are instant relationships that happen because we know that we are brothers and sisters. We know that we share the same father. We know that we're on this journey together. We, have, we may not have a shared language. We may not have some shared, we may eat different foods that we think are weird for each other, all that stuff. But we, we know the same God and we read the same Bible and we hang on to the same truth and we walk through the same challenges. And folks, we need to be faithful brothers and sisters to one another, even the ones that we don't know that well. Though I said at the beginning that the church is not your refuge, that Jesus is your refuge. God's faithfulness is your refuge. At the same time, if we are a good reflection of God to each other, if we are a good reflection of God to each other, 
And we're growing in faithfulness toward one another. We ought to be able to count on each other. You can count on God. You, we ought to be able to count on each other. We ought to be able to find a place of strength and peace and comfort and encouragement in each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. That ought to be true in any season, but so much more in moments like this, not less so. We cannot, folks, we cannot go into survival mode and pull into ourselves and become selfish in this time. But I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to be a rock to someone. Be an encouragement to someone. Come alongside someone and point them to Jesus as their refuge, as their strength, as their source. I want to challenge us today to be people who grow in faithfulness. Who keep going even when it's tough. God is faithful. You can count on God. Are you becoming faithful? Are you becoming someone that others can count on no matter what? I want to pray with you as we close this service. I want to pray God's peace and blessing on your family. God, we thank you that you are our source, our strength, our hope. We thank you that our trust is in you. We thank you that we can anchor our lives to the one who is unshakable. Thank you that Hebrews 12 tells us that we have inherited an unshakable kingdom. Wow. That God, you are faithful because of your love for us. And that when we are unfaithful, you don't turn off, you don't even turn down your faithfulness to us. God, I pray that in this season, we will grow in faithfulness that we will be an encouragement and strength and blessing to others. That we'll be there for our family, we'll be there for our neighbors, and those in need will be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we will walk faithful before you. Thank you that we don't have to dig that faithfulness somewhere out of who we are, but we, we draw on your faithfulness that you're going to grow that in us as we trust you. You're going to grow that in us as we choose to, to be faithful to our word even when it hurts. When we choose to follow through on a commitment even when it's hard. I pray your peace and your blessing on every home. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you folks. Keep trusting the Lord. Have an amazing week. God bless.